Hey, one quick thing before we get started. I just want to remind you that this podcast is for information, education, and entertainment. It is not a substitute for therapy or therapeutic intervention. If you find yourself in crisis, please visit your local emergency room or contact a crisis hotline. It's LaShonda from Labors of Love, and you're listening to the Labors of Love podcast. You all, you got me today. Um, I have some amazing guests coming up in uh, the next several weeks, and so I am excited that I have the opportunity to do a solo cast today. Just check in, um, let folks know how I'm doing, and as I've said before, uh, this this podcast is for me, and sometimes just externally processing what's happening in my world um, creates an avenue of healing that I definitely appreciate. So um, I'm going to kind of get started by letting you all know that this is being recorded on July 4th, 2022, and uh, I'm recording pretty late because the the fireworks were going off pretty heftily um, the last few nights. And so wanted to make sure that those stopped before I recorded. Um, This weekend, um, it's been a lot of family. Um, We have family visiting from out of the country and spending time together, but really I haven't felt like celebrating as I think about the 4th of July, Independence Day. It's hard sometimes to wonder what independence and liberty I would be celebrating when mass shootings are still happening at parades, Black men's bodies are still being shot up, and a woman's right to health care is still being challenged. So it's been a very pensive weekend for me. And that's okay. I recognized that I don't owe anyone an explanation or I don't have to fake a celebration. And I am at this point in my journey, well, where I don't begrudge others theirs. Um, And that's, that's an interesting growth point. So yeah, so that's that. You know, as I sat and thought about, there are, there are just several random things <laughs> I want to talk to y'all about. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I do want to let y'all know, especially when I do the, the solo cast, when I'm on here by myself and I don't have a guest to go back and forth with, I do really envision myself talking to you all. So I hope it feels conversational. Like I don't do these things to talk at you. So if you're driving on your commute, um, I, I want to have that. Con- I want to have a conversation with you, um, and I welcome you, encourage you. I'm asking you to reach out. Like, let's let's have a conversation. It's not in real time, but I do for real want to say, like, hey, hit me up. Um, if I say something on the podcast and you want to respond back, let's do that. But there are a few regular listeners, folks who I know are regular listeners. I just want y'all to know that I do think about you, like sometimes envision talking to you (laughs) while, while I'm doing the podcast. So I hope that put a smile on your face to let you know that I do think about you all. So, um, in no particular order, and I don't even have these things written down. One of the first things I want to tell y'all is that your girl's on Netflix. (laughs) I am on Netflix and, um, I'll tell you about where I am on Netflix, but also walk you through this journey that I've had over the last week. So um, Netflix original series, The Future Of, came out on June 21st, and I believe it's 12 episodes. The first six episodes came out on June 21st, and then the second six episodes came out on June 28th. And I was part of the second drop. So the episode I'm in, which is Life After Death, um, came out on the 28th. 
So um, I don't remember which episode number. I want to say episode 64 maybe, but I could be making that up. Don't hold me to it. But Cole Empery was a guest on my podcast. She is the founder of uh, the American School of Thanatology. And we talked a lot about death. It was a really dope episode. So if you haven't had an opportunity to listen to that one, you want to go back and listen to, well, maybe you don't want to. I don't want to speak in that generalizations, but I recommend you go back and listen to it because we were able to talk about death. And uh, so Cole... Uh, she's a death doula and she works in the space of death. She's on the board for one of the local cemeteries in the Northern Kentucky, Northern Kentucky area. And, um, someone had connected her and I thought she'd be a good guest on my podcast. They were absolutely right. Um, and she's dope. So we had our podcast and then I don't actually know like her version of story of how she got connected with the Netflix docuseries, but, um, in her connection with that, they were asking what other people might be good for um, for the docuseries, and she recommended me. You know, I was asked to come as my own person, like in my personhood, not as um, a subject matter expert or anything, and it was super dope. I actually don't remember when we recorded, but it was last year sometime. And um, I made my way out to the cemetery, and yeah, I was interviewed, and we were talking about like my experiences with like death of my of loved ones um and like the traditional burial experiences that I've had or you know what that's like and then they began to ask questions about things like the possibilities of being able to communicate with loved ones in the future based on emerging and present technology um burial like what if your loved one was um, their remains were used to like fertilize a tree and just all of these different questions. And so it was, it was a very interesting interview. I appreciated doing it. And, um, as I saw the finished documentary, um, all those questions began to make sense. So let me take you through some of the behind the scenes for me, if you will. I remember when, you know, Cole asked me, was I interested? I said, absolutely. Um, then the producer reached out to me and we kind of went back and forth. And while I knew it was a possibility, I didn't know for sure that I would be asked to be part of this project. What that meant was that it was in my mind, but it was a very quick turnaround time. I think I might've talked to them starting on like Wednesday and Thursday, and we ended up shooting on like Monday or Tuesday. So what that meant was your girl didn't get into her to see her hairstylist. And I remember being a little concerned about that, but it was all good. You know, I did like a little twist out. You know, I didn't go see a makeup artist or anything. And we recorded. Now, one thing is it rained on us, y'all. So it was like kind of raining while we were recording and we continued to record. I was glad I hadn't, um, you know, natural hair does great in the rain. But yeah, it was fine. I did the the um the recording and then I kind of forgot about it. I think sometime in the beginning of the year, I reached out to Cole like, "Hey, do you know anything about this and what was it going to be called again?" And she was like, "Yeah, I think it's still supposed to be dropping in like the late spring, early summer." And I was like, "Okay, cool." I didn't necessarily forget about it from that point, but I wasn't really checking for it, checking for it. But then I did happen to look, and you know, sometimes Netflix or maybe don't know, but if you don't know, Netflix will sometimes tell you what's coming out. So, you know, in the next season, here are the different things that are coming out. And so the future of, uh, I saw that there and it was cool. On the 21st, I looked for it. I saw that the series was out, but my episode wasn't out. All good. When I woke up on the 28th, I went to Netflix, checked for it. It was there and bam, there was your girl. Um, and it was a very surreal feeling. Like here I am, like I'm looking at myself on my 65 inch TV. That's me. <laughs> That's me. Interestingly, Journey Smullett is the um, narrator for at least this episode. I got to be real with y'all. I haven't watched any of the other episodes. I started watching one of the other ones. Time, y'all. Time. I don't watch a whole lot of TV. But the episode I'm in for sure, Journey Smullett was narrating. And y'all, we sound alike. There were times when I'm listening to her narrate thinking it's my voice, but I was like, but I didn't say that part. So, and then I've had people ask me, so no, I am not narrating. That is Journey Smollett. Um, but we do kind of sound alike, but 
it was really surreal. Like I went on an app that millions of people watch. I selected an episode and I was on it, right? So as soon as the excitement of it arose, so did this inner voice. I would not call her my inner critic. Um, That feels different. Um, I do not have a specific age for this part of me, but I do think she's in the adolescent ages. But she is a part of me that emerges anytime I accomplish something. Anytime I do something that is worth my recognition, it's worth my acknowledgement, it's worth my own self high five, she shows up and will do something to attempt to minimize whatever it is. So as I'm getting excited, like your girl's on Netflix, she rises up and she like, I mean, it ain't like you on the whole, it ain't like the whole series was yours. Like you wasn't hard. You probably was on there for like a total of 60 seconds. So all of a sudden I start like, oh yeah, you know, it really wasn't a lot. Just all of this stuff start coming through. Well, I'm going to tell you who did not have that response. My partner, my love, my husband did not have that response. Homeboy has been, he has been geeking since. Like my wife on Netflix, you know, and all of these things. So he was kind of with me on this journey of, and eh, it's really not that big a deal. I had gotten to the point where this part of me had started to convince me that maybe I just shouldn't tell nobody, you know, it's not that big a deal. Right. So he saw it. He came into the bedroom while I was looking at it and he was like, Oh my goodness. So he calls all the kids <laughs> into our bedroom. They're on their way to summer camp. He calls them in and they are like, Oh my God, to see my little girl's faces looking at me on that screen was amazing to hear my son going like mom that's you like the excitement my family had began to shake and rustle you know the leaves on this tree a little bit but that voice was so loud you know she she steps in often when I think about the success of this podcast y'all the podcast is doing so well um, by how long we've been doing it, number of episodes, that's one measure. But I have the dopest guests on here. We are talking about real life stuff. Um, We are digging in and I have a very, very consistent listenership. And even with all of that, sometimes her voice comes in and, and just is like, yeah, but it's always a yeah, but. And so I just want to tell you that I went through that ride with her for probably a week and it wasn't about shutting her down. It was about one, trying to really understand what need she was trying to meet. And what I have concluded in my curiosity thus far is that in an attempt to help me avoid rejection, she minimizes things almost like if we don't get excited about it, if somebody else doesn't get excited about it, our feelings won't be hurt. If other people, you know, think something is not important or poo-poo on it. If we poo-poo on it first, then, you know, it won't hurt as bad. And as I began to just sit with her, what I have come to believe is her intent, I have so much appreciation for a part of me that is so willing to, to show up and help me avoid pain. And instead of shutting her down and you know, trying to shush her, what I decided to do is I decided to give her counter evidence. Now, that isn't counter evidence as to like why this is great for us. It's counter evidence as to how we view the world. So one thing that I reminded her of is my husband's best friend is an actor. When he shows up on screen, on TV shows and movies. We don't look at that and we don't count how many seconds he's on screen. We don't we don't do that. We don't look at that and be like, "Oh, that ain't nothing." We see his face and we are pausing the screen, taking pictures and screaming like, "That's our boy. Oh my god. Oh my god. Look at you." Right? If I knew someone who was an extra 
in the back of a commercial and they they kind of you know just pan the the camera and they saw same thing i would pause we would take a picture we would text them and be like i see you i see you like that's a big deal right so with this part of me i had to just give her the counter evidence of we value people showing up in the world in these ways in general we are not out here minimizing and diminishing people's um people's shine that's not what we do and she agreed with that she recognized that we have genuine gratitude appreciation and we can be one of the best hype people ever and it don't take a lot so i had to take that data and say now why can't we just give that to ourselves right i i had to reassure her that you know, right now we not swing into the other side of that pendulum, like with arrogance or whatever. We're just treating ourselves with the same acknowledgement and respect and genuine joy that we treat other people in our lives. And it was only then that I think she was able to settle. The next part is me trying to coming to loving relationship with her to let her know but what everybody else think don't matter it really doesn't do we think this is a big deal if we think this is a big deal it gets to be a big deal and so I share that because I'm always talking about littles um I'm talking about parts our historical selves, the way these things show up in the form of self-talk, how they get lodged in our bodies. And when I talk about like working that out and working through it, sometimes I, I, I don't know if people understand what I mean by that practically. So I mean, these are conversations that I'm having with myself. Sometimes they're thought conversations, like I'm thinking these thoughts. But I also make sure that when I am engaging with a part, that if I don't envision what they look like in human form, then I am giving it some sort of visual, a color, a texture, a shape. Who am I engaging with? And that's super important because the, the, our body uh, operates in sensation, right? Sensation and pictures, uh, the major part of our brain that is the narrator, the storyteller, operates in words and pictures. Sometimes our body and brain can't communicate unless we give it a picture. Same thing if you think about the brain, we have the left uh, hemisphere of our brain that's very language-oriented and logical and rational, and you have the right hemisphere of the brain that is more creative and emotional. But a picture, creating a picture in our mind allows our those parts of our brain to integrate. And so I visualize these things for integration of brain and body. And then I have those thought conversations, or sometimes I have those conversations out loud. Sometimes I paint and I write, but I just wanted to make it practical for folks. Because I want to let you know, like, these things come up all the time. I also think it's very, very helpful to have people in your life who are supporters, who you're rotted as, who are going to hype you even when you can't hype yourself. And so when I first, like, was going through this thing and I was telling Jay, like, yeah, I mean, it's cool, but it ain't that big a deal. Jay's like, look, there are a billion people on the planet, but it's probably on, like, a couple hundred thousand on Netflix. And my wife is one of them. You know, he went on to tell me my wife is on Netflix and Spotify. <laughs> so it was just his genuine. And I mean, every now and then he'll say something and be like, whatever, he'll bring up Netflix, you know, and it was really cute. So I, I appreciate him for doing that um, to let me know that he genuinely is proud and supportive, but keeping that in my ear. But what was super sweet today is we were just having a family dinner um, not just my, my nuclear family, but, um, two sisters and nieces and nephews and stuff. <laughs> and one of my baby girls, she was like, tell, tell auntie that you're on Netflix. And I said, you can tell her. And she's like, no, you tell her. And I was like, you can tell her you want her to know. And she's like, okay. So she goes to my sister-in-law and she said, and they were in the, it's important to know that my two sister-in-laws are in a conversation. So my, my daughter walks up and she says, auntie, um, my mom is on Netflix <laughs> and my sister-in-law didn't understand what she was saying. And she was like, Oh, what's she watching on there? 
I watch Netflix a lot too. So my daughter came back and was like, kind of like, um, mom, I, you tell her. So then, you know, my husband pulled out his phone and like queued up the video. He gave it to her. He said, here, just tell her to press play. And so she went over, she was like, press play. And so she watched it. And then she showed my other sister and to see my child proud and happy for me, it was amazing. It, it just, you know, this is also my child that I'm starting to realize um, there's so much depth to her. This is one of the twins who she, she does this baby voice thing often um, where she like, she, she, when she has a lot of energy, she does this like baby voice thing sometimes, but for real sneaky, sneaky homegirl is like, has some depth and some brilliance in her. And, and we are like really observing her wondering if it's like intentional that she's keeping it under wraps. So she does this like baby voice thing and it shows up in just different ways. Like sometimes she'll hit us with some vocabulary and it may not seem like a big deal, but when your child says to you, we were talking about, this is a few months ago, we were talking about their birthday and she's like, I thought we agreed that blah, 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 blah. <laughs> we both just look like, I don't know, that's mature for a five-year-old to me. I thought we agreed that da, 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 that we were going to have the birthday party here. <laughs> we were just like, you thought we agreed. Okay. Or she'll play like little phone games and there is a water pour game. And again, it's, it's not a game for geniuses, but it requires strategy. And homegirl just was rocking through this. She started playing next thing you know, she was like on level 40 something. And I was like, these things are not not complex. Like, yeah, I advanced pretty quickly through them, but there was a lot of thought that went through it. So those kind of things happen. But so there's just this like, yes, this intelligence, but her depth, um, a friend of mine uh, has a boat on this beautiful man-made lake that she has opened her heart and her home and her family to me and my family. And so we all went over to go on a boat ride. And this friend of mine, um, recently her her dog had passed away. And uh, my family had been over a couple of weeks before this and had seen the dog. And so when I told them the dog had passed, both of my daughters wrote uh, wrote cards for wrote a card for her and the family, which I thought was really sweet. Um, they asked me how to spell a few things, but they wrote these cards. It was super sweet. And so they were going to give the cards. And so we get to the house. And at this point, I brought my sister-in-law and my niece with us. Jay came with me. And if y'all know, Jay don't do water. So this is a big sacrifice for him. <laughs> he went with us. Um, and as I got out the car, you know, to get in the house, my daughter was well ahead of me. And my friend told me that my daughter, same daughter, had come to her and said something to the effect of, you know, that her dog was always in her heart and that he could still see her and she could still talk to him. And that, you know, and I was just like, yo, what we didn't do is prep this. We didn't talk to her about that. And a few days after that, we were watching um, Sing 2. Um, we're just now getting around to see it. And there is a character in there whose wife had died. And he just, and she talks now, I have to admit, she is definitely my child. She talks a lot. She talks so much that sometimes I'm not paying attention because she's just talking. Um, and then you tune in, you're like, oh, you're talking, but she was saying something, but then it caught my attention. I said, what did you say? And she's like, well, if you ever died, mommy, you would still be able to see me. Right. And you would still be in my heart and I would be sad, but I would still love you. And so she just, I don't know, there is a depth there that I genuinely appreciate. So, um, and that's just one of my children. All of my children possess depth in ways that surprise me regularly. And because this summer um, I've had an opportunity to just be present with them, their current growth, their current vocabulary, their current questions, it sometimes hits me as a surprise. It's just, it's amazing. So yeah, I wanted to share that seeing my family be proud of me, seeing my family hype me up kind of was what I needed in order to take a step back. Probably on a weekly basis, Jay says to me that I need to learn to put some respect on my name. 
and it's true. Um, I don't think I consciously minimize things, but I definitely do. And I'm starting to recognize that. So that was something I was going to share with y'all. Um, what else? Uh, I want to share that, you know, I don't know if I ever really talked on the podcast about the course I run. I am soon going to start calling my courses circles because that's more accurate to what they are. But on my website, they're still called courses. And I do want to talk a little bit about that because I have one that starts next week. Um, on Mondays from seven to nine Eastern standard time, These circles are an opportunity for people to come together, for us to just continue to grow together, developing and using a common language about our historical experiences. And so we come together virtually via Zoom and we explore how our past experiences impact how we show up in the present and allows us to do some of the healing work we need to do in order for us to make decisions for our future that are not as rooted in pattern and survival and historical wounds if we hadn't done the work. And we look at how we love and value ourselves, how we set boundaries, um, how we acknowledge our humanity and sit with our reality, how we care for ourselves, how we live more moderately. And um, while a lot of this work is rooted in developmental and relational trauma, way back, I think, episode five, I talked about that. It is emerging and it is growing because I am emerging and I am growing. And there's so much depth from so many places um, that are coming into these circles. All I know is if for real is legit life-changing stuff. Um, People have communicated to me Um, that the trajectory of their lives have shifted because they've done this work and we've done it together. And so I am, I want to just shout that out, especially to listeners, especially my faithful listeners, even new listeners. Like if you're tuning in, you're tuning in for something. And if it is, you're tuning in because um, some things I hear, I could listen to you talk all day or you know, like an appreciation for how I show up in the world. So much of how I show up in the world is because of this work. And so I want to shout that out. Um, right now, the courses are $2.99 for six weeks. Oh, I, did I say it was six weeks? I want to let y'all know, one, prices are going up. So um, I feel like, Jay, we need to splice in the, was it Fat Joe? uh yesterday's price <laughs> it's not today's price but today today's price is actually yesterday's price i just want to let y'all know that tomorrow yesterday's price is not going to be it um 300 dollars to change your life is one of the biggest deals i've ever heard of and so um i wanted to let y'all know that if cost is an issue reach out let me know what's going on um and there may be scholarship of uh, opportunities available. And I'm saying maybe because, well, there aren't right now, but let's see what we can do, right? I don't want costs to inhibit anyone from uh, from getting the healing. And also what I found is um, sometimes when this, this offering is free, I definitely see a difference um, in participation. Um, and what I mean is when you invest, you invest. And this is an investment in yourself. But I wanted to just talk about that. So, you know, usually there's anywhere between eight to 12 people. It's not a very large group because it is intimate. Um, and we go into small groups and we talk in the larger group. There is a component where, you know, I'm talking and dispensing wisdom and learnings, but I'm also growing. We share together. It's phenomenal. Um, I, I am... I have asked, I need to check in with that, um, ask some people to do like some testimonials about their time in circle and in course with me, um, because it's, it's dope y'all. So I just wanted to share that with y'all because I have another one starting. Um, yeah, yeah. I wanted you to know, I also, I know that I will continue to do them, but how often I don't know. Um, and right now I probably do about maybe four 
or five a year. And I definitely know that number is going to reduce for capacity things. And as I spread out in some other ways. So if you've been interested in it, um, this might be the time for you to jump on it. <sighs> okay. What else was I going to say? Now my brain is all over the place. Um, randomly, I just wanted to share in case anyone, um, well, I was going to say in case anyone's interested. That's not necessarily what I mean. I've had this conversation with a few friends and it has been like, oh my God, yes. So I do want to say that mm, it is my personal experience that my libido is increasing uh, now that I'm in my 40s. Just felt compelled to tell you that. Why? Because I know that there are some folks out there um, who, one, might be experiencing the same thing, two, Maybe you're not in your 40s. Maybe you have a low sex drive and you're just like, oh, I can't. I don't think this will ever change. The capacity for that to change does come. I would say I had a moderately low uh, sex drive um, and libido, and that has increased. But I also want to just talk about how startling that can be when you've had sexual abuse and sexual trauma. And it's a thing, right? So maybe. There are people who are now in a safe, loving relationship and you have increased a shift in your sexual desire or your libido. And that can feel scary if sex and desire have been abused and if that has been a source of your trauma. So I just want to throw that out there and say you're not alone. I do highly recommend that if you're experiencing something along those lines, find you a good sex therapist. So again, I don't remember which episode, but uh, Dr. Emma Schmidt was one of my guests on the podcast. She's a certified sex therapist. And um, while we didn't specifically talk about this, her practice is doing amazing work. And I know that her practice located in Cincinnati and in Northern Kentucky. Um, and Indiana are not local to everyone. However, they have a ton of resources that are not state dependent. Um, you may have some local sex therapy places in your area. And I just think that sometimes people think in order to see a sex therapist, you need to be in a relationship where you're actively having sex. And that's not the case either. Um, so if sexual trauma has been uh, something that's been a part of your life. If there is fear around intimacy because it could lead to sex, you know, whether you are super, whatever, whatever the thing is, I just wanted to throw that out there, um, that there are people out there who are uniquely qualified to kind of walk that journey with you. To, uh, education is a big part of it. Sometimes we just don't know what we don't know. And so we fear many things. Um, if you were born or assigned female at birth, and you were socialized as a female, then the messages around sex are very different than if you were assigned male at birth and socialized as a male, and those things can come up. So that's been something that's on my mind that I just wanted to kind of share. Um, I also wanted to share it in a very public platform because I don't think people talk about these kinds of things. I think people go and they have drinks with their girlfriends, and after a couple, one might throw it out there and everybody like, oh my God, you too? Or, ooh, no, the whole thing, right? And I just want to, I want to talk about the things that we don't talk about because, well, we should talk about things. <laughs> so I want to talk about that. Um, there really was a couple of other things that I definitely said I wanted to talk about. So I'm trying to go through my brain about them, but I also like this, like, I this isn't scripted, y'all. I just come, I come raw and I come authentic. Um, I've mentioned, but always towards the end when I'm doing my spiel, that my t-shirts are back. You can go to my website and hit shop. Not only do you have t-shirts and tank tops and sweatshirts and stuff like that and hoodies, but there's also masks and stickers and mugs. And so I want to encourage people um, I, the messages are just great. Um, these are all shirts that I wore that people would be like, where can I get that? And so we, I started to sell them. Um, but they're all messages that I will wear. So cope with a strike through and then heal underneath. I used to say 
stop coping, let's heal. But I realize I don't want to convey the message that coping is bad. Coping is not bad. Um, but we've done that. We've been coping for a while. So it's like that to-do list, strike through. Yep, done that. Let's move on to healing. Um, generational trauma stops here. I have hope dealer. I have being human with other humans. And what's your labor of love? So that's the podcast specific shirt. So um, wanted to let y'all know that that stuff is out there. Um, all of the proceeds that come from t-shirt sales and merch sales goes right back into me being able to um, have scholarship opportunities for my courses to host free workshops um, and to do some pro bono work um, in community. So just letting y'all know, it goes right back into the healing work that I do. Um... So I I think I'm winding down, but there was like one final thing that I wanted to talk about. And um, it feels like I've talked about this before, but every time I talk about it, it is a slightly different iteration because, well, I'm a slightly different iteration of myself. And that's really what I want to talk about. It's like evolution. Um, we evolve as people. Ideally, we learn new things we integrate what we're learning and then how we show up in the world shifts based on the new information. And what I am finding is that as I evolve, I have to do a better job of reintroductions. And what I mean by that is, um, the way I conducted therapy when my practice, when I first started practicing in February of 2018, which sounds crazy. I feel like I've been doing this so much longer, so much longer than what is that? Four and a half years. People make the assumption that I have um, and think that I have, but I haven't. I actually started practicing in February uh, of 2018. And the way that I conducted therapy sessions then is very different than the way I conduct them now. Um, and I don't, I can't, I don't see many uh, people that I saw back then now. So many of them have, you know, moved on and I'm glad I was with them for that period of time. But because I'm not seeing them now, it doesn't, you know, some of the changes and, and differences in the way I show up you know, they don't know. And some people that I've started seeing more recently, they've only known this version of me, but this version shifts often. And when I tell you in the course of a week, because it depends on um, what my, what the deep dive for my coaching program, what the content is, I always, oh my God, I always grow and morph and shift after that. Something I've read, a conversation I've had, all of these different things. And so what I found is that, um, some people um, are not, um, I don't know, those shifts, I think, are more stark for some people. And it might not be what they want. You know, there are a couple, there have been a couple of my clients that I, I have helped transition to other therapists because the direction in which I'm growing and their needs are not compatible. You know, when I'm working with someone, and we, and this doesn't mean that the relationship isn't, hasn't been good. But when I'm working with someone and they are saying, you know what I need? I need more homework. I need more goal setting and I need more like accountability to my goals. That's amazing. And it's not the work that I'm doing. As a matter of fact, I'm moving in such a different direction that I'm saying, I want to be present with you. And I want to attune to your nervous system I want to help you attune to your nervous system. I want us to breathe together. I want us to slow things way down. I want you to be in com uh, communication with your body. I want to be in communication with your body. This whole thing. Um, if we don't have these conversations, then someone can come and spend an hour with me and leave feeling very upset um, or disappointed, feeling like their needs aren't being met. And so it has been helpful for me to recognize that 
constant reintroductions. And what I mean by that and this this concept and principle that I am learning and integrating for my coaching program is about conscious relationship agreements. That every time we come into connection with one another to spend time, that we take a few moments to be conscious about our relational agreements in that moment. What do you need in this particular time in order for you to feel safe and present? And like your needs are going to be met. And here's what I need during this time in order to be present and to maintain that safety. And I have found that when I can do conscious relationship agreements in various settings, it is letting people know um, up front what I'm about and taking the opportunity to see what they need in the moment. The great thing about doing this often is that I don't have to rely on how the person showed up last time and they don't have to rely on how I showed up last time, but we do it fresh every time. And so whatever is going on in their world and my world, we can just put that out on the table and say, here's what this is. Normally I like to, you know, do a lot of breathing in this, but this time, you know, I feel like I really need to get this story out. Or, you know, I normally do a lot of talking, but I feel like I just want to be present, whatever those things are. And so I share that because I have observed in a lot of relationships that people go in holding on to the versions of the person they're engaging with from their history and not in the present moment. But what would happen to the quality of your relationships if we took a moment to just presence ourselves to say, here's how I'm showing up today. So that when we are showing up slightly different because of whatever's going on, the person doesn't have to interpret or try to go like, well, I wonder why they're doing that or what's this mean? We can just kind of be upfront and be like, yo, this is what it is today in this moment. This is what I need. Or I don't really have any needs or whatever the thing is. So I wanted to share that um, because I I do think that um, there are relationships across the board, professionally and personally, that are shifting for me because I'm shifting. And the challenge for me is to be able to hold those shifts without judgment, without shame, and without blame. Um, I had a thought uh, maybe yesterday or earlier today, and I thought of three or four relationships that I had not thought about in a while. As a matter of fact, I've talked about these relationships um, in the podcast, particularly at the end of the calendar year last year as I was approaching my birthday. You know, I was really, really close to some people and then all, and then all of a sudden, maybe it was all of a sudden, maybe it was gradual. I don't know. But then I'll, I don't talk to them anymore. And that used to be such a source of pain and um, sadness and disappointment and maybe even frustration and rejection for me. And I thought about those and went, wow, I haven't thought about those in a while. And I'm still sitting with the curiosity if I haven't thought about them because I have some really strong safe relationships. And so my focus on those, these safe new relationships have put those out of my mind. I think that might be part of it. I think another part of it may be that I have come to a place where I'm no longer disappointed, sad, or angry with the people I was in relationship with. I think I just understand that we didn't do conscious relationship agreements and that as we were morphing and shifting and becoming the people that we were becoming, we were basing our interactions off of history instead of what was happening in the present. And so my understanding of this, my growing understanding of this now, I think has settled into my body and has given a new narrative to the those relationships um, that I didn't have to consciously think of the story, but my body is settling with, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to grow. It's okay to grow into things and it's okay to grow out of things. The key is communicating about that growth along the way. And I just think that that can be super, super helpful. Um, Something that I mentioned, um, I think on a therapy Thursday, but kind of fits into this as well, is having um, 
a couple of instances where I unknowingly came into engagement with a few people that let's just say I wouldn't choose to engage with them um, on my own, but we happened to be at the same place at the same time. And how I was able to show up um, in that space was so different. I realized that um, from a historical perspective, I think, uh, well, depending on how far you go back in the history, if you go way back, I would have began my shape-shifting and people-pleasing. I would have, you know, become whatever I needed to become in order to be okay. So maybe that was try to make them like me or whatever that is. So that might have happened. Or maybe I just would have avoided them. What I realized, though, is this last time is instead of avoiding them, I just consciously decided the experience I wanted to have in this group setting. Who do I want to be around? How do I want to feel? What kind of engagement do I want to have? And then I sought the relationships and the people and the spaces, the physical spaces that would have created that for me. And in doing so, I did create distance between myself and these people, but I wasn't running for them from them. I wasn't avoiding them. And it was such a different experience. It was like, wow. Yeah. It's not about AKA. They didn't take up that much bandwidth. I really didn't think about them. You know, as a genuine polite person, I will speak to people. But when I realized that I don't have to engage with anyone beyond that, I don't owe an explanation or anything, but also I don't have to stand my ground. (laughs) Nah, what do I want? What what do I want to do? I'm going to go out here. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go kick it with this person. I'm going to go experience my kids. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. I'm going to get some fresh air. I'm going to do those things. And that felt good. It felt good to, in the moment, recognize the shifts in growth that I have been making. Oh, that's it. Y'all, it's crazy. Every time I hop on these solo things, I'll be like, it's a short one. I'm a talker. It's who I am. That's what it was. Um, I was like in the crock pot, like there was something else I wanted to say. And this was it. Um, I do want to, and I wish I knew the name, but uh, Spotify, I've been trying to expand my listening, uh, expand what I listen to. And so Spotify, when you do that, will create a a list, um, like a playlist for you based on what you listen to. And I do not remember their names. I'll have to go back. I promise if um, I'll try to remember to come back, but it was just, it was, it was a group of ladies who were doing some affirmations, but anyway, that got me to thinking about something. And I just had this very, um, powerful moment. I was driving my car and I started to think about seed S E E D. When a seed is planted, it is already what it will become. Okay. When a seed is planted, it is already what it will become. If you plant an apple seed, it is already an apple. It just has to grow for you to reap the fruit of the apple, but it's already an apple. Like we are already what we will become. But what happens is the long um, journey of growth can get us so discouraged. Um, I think in that long journey, some of us are wondering, we're curious, who am I? What am I to become? But even in that struggle of figuring it out, figuring it out doesn't mean that's what we become. We are already destined to become. We are becoming. You are becoming what you were intended to be. And I know somebody needs to hear this. I needed to hear it for myself. Um, Before that seed and the fruit of that seed peaks above the ground, its roots have to grow down and out. Just because you don't see the growth doesn't mean it's not happening. And I mean that even for ourselves, if you have been around children, then you know how this works. You just bought those clothes. Why are they so small now? (laughs) 
You did not look at your child or a child that you're around every single day and go, oh my God, look, you grew a centimeter. Oh my goodness, look at this. All of a sudden, you just know you got to shell out more money because they didn't have a growth spurt. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. And that happens for us physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically. Like we are growing and I need us to have some respect for the growth process. Now, as I began to think about this analogy or this thought process about the seed, I began to think about how if you think about seed as it grows, some plants are for beauty, some are for fragrance, some are for food, some are for pollination, right? And a person who is used to looking at a plant for food might miss its beauty. And a person who is used to looking at another plant for its beauty might miss the fact that it can be good for eating or that it is part of the whole ecosystem, right? We can get so tunnel visioned by how people view our purpose that we forget we are multifaceted human beings and I need us to understand that, right? That a rose is beautiful, but it's also aromatic and it has all these other qualities. And if you don't know a rose, you might simply be like, oh, that's cute. Oh, that's cute. Oh, that's cute, but it has so many more purposes, right? And so I just, I just wanted to share that. Like we are already what we're becoming. I am so curious as to how the growth journey would change for us if we just settled with that. I am already what I am becoming. Even if I can't see it right now, can I trust that I am? And so that was powerful for me. Like I almost started shouting in my car and I was just talking to myself. I even got the preachy voice when I was saying this. I couldn't even help it. Like that's a good word, y'all. Um. You're already what you're becoming. Whew. So I'm grateful. I sit in gratitude, y'all. I'm grateful for this platform. I'm grateful that legit, I'm glad people listen. But even if they did, this filled my soul. Um, this is good stuff. And I am, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Um, daily, I strive to not only put some respect on my name, but put some respect on the names of all of those around me to Mother Earth and how she sustains us to the plants and to our animal relatives and all the all the ways in which the ecosystem supports my life in ways that I have been conditioned to take for granted. Um, I want to decondition my de- my conditioning. So... Now, for real, I think that's all I got for (laughs) y'all. But my invitation from the beginning still stands. Holler at me. I'm saying that. Reach out. All the social media stuff, reach out. There is, you can reach me through my website, fill out the contact me form. My email address is LaShonda at thelaborsoflove.com. So yeah, y'all, I would love to hear from you. Um, I want to give a special shout out to Trey Angel, who provides all the music for the Labors of Love podcast, to my producer, Mr. Jay Sugg from Instant Classic Media, and y'all, my listeners, I love y'all. Don't forget, you can reach me at my website, www.thelaborsoflove.com. If you have suggestions for guests or content, scroll down on the welcome page. There's a form there. If y'all want to get some merch, head over to Shop, which is on part of my website. Don't forget to hit us up on social media. We love the engagement. Stay in touch. Follow us on TikTok. Don't forget our YouTube houses, all our Therapy Thursday videos. And hey, if you still listen to this point, drop us that five-star rating, please. Uh, Write a review. Share the podcast with your loved ones and friends. Until we connect again, you all be well.